Sorry. What? Welcome, What's welcome, up? welcome to the <laughs> Monday Night Brawl Season 5 Adventure Time. Ned and Russell take on the world, taking down Adventure Time one episode at a time. Yeah, yeah, what Ned said. Welcome, everybody. I am excited to be here. This is, as Ned said, Season 5. This is the NeverEnding Adventure Podcast. We're talking about Finn the Human today, the very first episode of that season, and... Oh, Ned, we're getting in the farm world. We're looking at, yeah. gosh, the future of Adventure Time and, and expanding yeah, it, on the multiverse. And so much is going on. And a lot of it's a little confusing for me as the first, per- as <laughs> yeah. this is the first time I've ever seen the show. Um, yeah, but I've, I am very excited. Good. I mean, we saw it at the end of season four. We wrapped that up and we broke up in the Enchiridion and we opened the portal to the multiverse and had. Uh, Booko explained to us what this whole concept of multiverse was. And it just really, it paves the way for the rest of Adventure Time in the way that you were like, yeah, if it's just adventure after adventure in this world, you know, could you do that many seasons of that? So kind of expanding it into a non-Rick and Morty-esque, there's not going to be a Finn world where there's thousands of Finns. Yeah. But in a way that they can expand upon at least implications of different timelines and a lot of what-ifs. And this whole Finn the Human episode is definitely the what-if kind of episode, very similar to like the Marvel series. You know, like what would happen if yeah. the Lich well, it's didn't a, exist? It's a reality shift entirely. It's not mm-hmm. at all like a, a different universe is formed for Farm World. It seems like it's just a reality shift toward this new reality that exists because Finn wished that the ice or not the ice king that the lich had never existed mm-hmm. post the lich the lich wishing for geez uh the extinction of all life right so it's it's just a creation of finn and a new spot in the world that would have been had the lich never been on that earth in the yeah. first place yeah well so this is where it starts getting deep and we're we're diving in. We're not even going to do like a, a walk through to start the episode and the breakdown. Th- this is where I think this episode gets crazy. And I was really trying to think about it from a cosmic perspective here. So this time room, inside the time room exists this realm outside of like time and space that Finn and Jake are not affected by the Lich's wish mm-hmm. when the Lich's wishes that all life doesn't exist. So I, th- I would imagine yeah. that if Finn and Jake just turned around and left the time room, that they would cease to exist. That yeah, totally. Also, if they had not gotten in the room in time for the lich exactly. to make his wish, they it, they would have been too late. It just the the witch the lich's wish. Jeez, why is that so hard to say? The, lich's witch's wish. Lich. Yeah, <laughs> it it would have totally wiped out Finn and Jake, and yeah. that would have been the end of the show. And and I guess the lich would have won. Though, and I I will just go ahead and say, like a little preface for this episode, I have watched next episodes, uh, or the next episode for the next recording that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it is interesting, we find out about the monkey's paw concept, and yeah. the lich's wish kind of would have had to have a negative 
like there's would have had to have had something negative happen or, or like a, some sort of an adverse effect to um, him wishing that everybody didn't exist if Finn and Jake hadn't been in the portal. So I wonder what that would have been. That's yeah, like a whole another question my, for next episode, I guess. But my assumption, think? well, my assumption, because it fits in with this episode. My my assumption is that the Lich's witch, when like you you got me saying it wrong, <laughs> that's the Lich's wish. Wish, um, <laughs> he, you know, when he as soon as he says it, he disappears, right? So yep. in essence, well, one that's because like Billy doesn't exist per se anymore, so he can't really embody, even though Billy's dead. Um, yeah, well, he's a he's a ghost wearing yeah the body of a ghost guy. Wearing, wearing a dead guy. That's just nasty, as, nasty jazz. As and then, and then, and then nasty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I assume that that means had Finn and Jake left the time room and eliminated all other variables, it would have gone back to what the Lich said was the beginning of time. It was like before time there was nothing, and before there was nothing there was monsters, and that's mm-hmm. what we got into. A few episodes ago, go back and listen to it. We I dive way too deep into my theory about kind of um, a mangled mash of non-conscious monsters that all of a sudden become conscious, and that's kind of what starts a universal consciousness of multiverses. And this is not something that we've come across yet in the show, correct? This is in the future right. of the show. We're going to start talking about this, and and we're going to hear the Lich talk about it. Well, Ned. Let's talk about what we do know. Can you give me a little review or a little rundown of the multiverse according to Booko and the hologram that we learned from the Lich uh, that episode last season? Yes, there was a breakdown last season where it was essentially there was like multiple universes in a pool of universes and that portals could connect them. Um, Wormholes could be created or there could be magic items that opened portals to those universes, and as soon as a universe was connected, their temporal planes would become synchronized. And so that eliminates the entire um, time passes differently in different universes Mm -hmm. um, theory, so that like you could go into a different universe, be there for 10 minutes, and come back, and it would be 10 minutes later in your universe. If they're linked. Um, Yeah, yeah, as they remain linked, for sure. So what's interesting... Um, you know, kind of what you're saying, it's it's dimensions that can, like multiple different dimensions that contain universes within them or contain a universe within each dimension. I thought this was really fascinating, right? Because it, it brings me to thinking about lumpy space and I just could not stop myself from Googling lumpy space and seeing what the fan Wikipedia page has to say or the, I don't know what it, fan. The, yeah, the, the wiki, wiki or the whatever it's called. fandom page. Yeah, so basically, like, lumpy space is a different dimension entirely from Finn's mm-hmm. altogether. It's its its own separate thing, so it's a, uh, a lumpy universe within the lumpy dimension or whatever that has some sort of a portal that is connecting Finn's universe or his dimension and that of lumpy space. So instead of us dealing in this episode, or, or really in all of Adventure Time, with multiple overlapping dimensions in one universe, which is kind of like what we got from the real you episode with the 4D sword, right? That's a four-dimensional sword in the three-dimensional world that is in Finn's world. So uh, instead of that sort of a concept, we're working with multiple dimensions containing their own universe. Technically, as I just said, there are multiple dimensions in each dimension's universe, <laughs> which is it's so annoyingly... Uh, you know, it's not complex, it's just like wordy. Um, mm-hmm. 
and we know this because of the real you, but for the sake of plot, don't think about the multiple dimensions that are in with that are within each dimension's universe. Just think of there's a bunch of different dimensions and each of those dimensions has a universe within it. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is not one of those multiversal theories where ev- every instance of everything that could possibly happen creates infinite universes. Well, it's so way that's more many worlds of, theory. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to get into many worlds theory. Yeah, and, I, and I actually I have think a they, whole bunch of notes about that for next episode. Yeah, I think um, they purposefully don't go on that because in this one, very much, if you think about it, the Lich wishes that no life existed. So in that brief, I say moment in time, but they're in a timeless room, so it really doesn't matter. It creates like two Schrodinger's boxes, pretty much. And it kind of all depends on what Finn and Jake's wish are. Like, it's the Schro- it creates that Schrodinger's box of, like, the Lich's possible universe where life may exist or life may not exist. Yeah. Really dependent on what Finn and Jake's wishes are. So when Finn yes. wishes that the Lich never existed, essentially that resets everything. All other... If the Lich, hypothetically speaking, only, you know, metaphysically existed in... Finn's universe, the world of Ooh, and that what that universe is, then all other universes would have hypothetically gone back to exactly how they would have played out. Um, yeah. And then, again, depending on what Jake's wish was, which we'll get to that one next week. It's it's kind of like that weird thing again. It Like, there was a very brief moment of time where there was a Schrodinger's box of the, the right. Lich's wish was pending based on what Finn and Jake's wishes were. And and that is true. But what is not true is that there weren't two different realities created or two different universes created exactly. for each of those situations. It's just one singular reality that is mm-hmm. um, far more... That's like which Finn's, ti- yeah, Finn's timeline without the Lich. And because Jake has a wish, you know, had he made a wish for a sandwich, he would have eaten his sandwich and then phased away and become the just like normal dog in Finn's universe. He would have kind of like, again, not existed yes. in the, because his timeline changed. Which is, it's super fascinating because in this episode, what we're getting is the multiverse without the Lich, right? Because of Finn's wish. Um, and this is essentially Earth. I mean, it's it's Earth as Earth has ever been, but without the mushroom war having ever occurred because the bomb didn't drop, didn't hit the earth mm-hmm. because the ice king was able to stop it, um, which is kind of incredible to think about. And there's a lot of little things that I had questions about. And yeah, essentially, the, there's a couple was, of inconsistencies here. So well, I want to I hear your thoughts on I think what they can may all be proved. Up. I think they can all line up. It just depends on how you're looking at it. And maybe I'm, I'm missing something that you're thinking about. But I was like, oh, so that implies that the lich or something influenced by the Lich, stopped Ice King from stopping the bomb in our current reality, Mm. which is not necessarily true, um, as we learned about in the next episode, because of the way that the Lich is created. The Lich is created because of the bomb. Um, And so it's not that the Lich existed prior to the Mushroom War, unless the Lich's existence comes in and out of reality, or in and out of Earth, like throughout the timeline of all of Earth, right? And so this is just a new iteration of the Lich because of the Mushroom War. That, uh, that's and so the timeline of, is all kind of adjusted, which is why yeah. I also think the fact that Marceline met 
um, Ice King prior to the bomb or prior to the mushroom war in this reality. That was my qualm. And that was, that was one thing I really wanted to like dig into this week was if, you know, what we had seen from uh, the Simon and Marcy episode last season, where you kind of get the whole like Ice King helped her get through this like war torn era. And in this episode, old Marcy, thousand year old, non-vampire Marcy, which is why she ages because she's half human and half demon. And that's why can, she can stay alive for a thousand years, but she's old as dirt. Um, she was like, he was a really good friend and he was a sweet man and and I've been defending him in the crown for thousands of years. It was kind of like, it leads to the suggestion that he, there must have been some sort of war going on prior to that one bomb getting dropped if he was taking care of her before that bomb drop, you know what I mean. In my opinion, again, and I, I think I'm going to the, I, you know, this is kind of me making up my own canon in a sense. Maybe my house canon because we've done that before. Yeah, is that the lich's existence isn't necessarily created only because of the bomb drop, but in other scenarios, the lich has existed and has created some sort of a butterfly esque effect that allowed Marceline, the the half demon, to meet well, with. Um, the the Ice King prior to the bomb dropping, prior to the Mushroom War. So it just changed their timelines a little bit in this new reality because the Lich had affected something way in the past in my personal house canon. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. Maybe there's a better explanation for this. I do think that Marceline's not a vampire. That's for sure, right? Marceline yeah, no, is it's just the, a half We'll demon. get into the Stakes miniseries. And that's also, yeah, if the Lich, if the Mushroom War and the Lich never existed as in the original universe, there would not have been vampires, thus there would not have been Marceline the Vampire Queen. So mm. um, that is a very good consistency that they stick with, um, with this whole new like shifting reality thing. Yeah, I find it really fascinating that they described the bomb, what is it? Oh gosh, I'm trying to find my notes, bud. Uh, essentially, they described the bomb as like it was going to bathe the earth in mutagenic... Uh, acid or something like mm-hmm. that or fumes or something and that's the explanation for the crazy earth that we have right. in in that that is adventure time it's kind of in, cool. in a canon yeah the mute the mutations that happened because of the original bomb dropping is what caused there to be magic and talking animals and bubblegum people and all that kind of yeah. things so. but it's really not all that crazy given the reality that is earth Without that bomb going off, we have the Enchiridion, we have power and magic that we're seeing through ice and snow, through Simon Petrikov, and then mm-hmm. you have the the magical crown just in general. Like, like the reality that is Adventure Time right. isn't crazy. It's not a crazy stretch. It's just that plus added like mut- mutagenic horror. That's all it is. Yeah. It's it's just a well, land bathed in that. And I read a great, you know, uh, breakdown of it online that somebody was like, you know, 80% of what else Adventure Time shoves into their canon it has still happened. There's still elementals. There's still the Ice King's crown. That's nothing that the Lich inherently ever affected. So in this world, well, I think it might be like, God, like season six or seven, we realized that there's a version of Billy in this farm world that is named Bobby. And it's, I think Bobby has the Enchiridion still. So like the Enchiridion still exists. There's still 
And then there's hints of it too in this episode with the fact that we have Choose Bruce, we have Marceline, yeah. we have Jake the dog, honestly. It's not a sentient Jake the dog or a, yeah, not, totally. not a we, talking we have Jake, Jake the, the dog. dog. Yeah, I've He's got another thought about that we'll get into later by, too. Yeah, mutagenic horror. And it, but what is Bobby's thing? Did Bobby... The hero, did he fight a, a deer or something? What would we, he have thought? We, I, we'll, we'll get into that discussion. He fought a bear, when we, you know? He fought a hummingbird. He <laughs> fought some weeds in the garden. <laughs> he protected the bees. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love that this is where your mind has gone in this episode because it, oh, totally. it was hard for me. And there's, there's two concepts in Adventure Time that always throw me off. It's this whole... Finn wished the Lich never existed, but you can see the bomb still drops. And as we kind of see a little bit through next week, it's it's an open door for another Lich. Probably not literally the same Lich. That's what I'm thinking. It's like okay. the evilness that was the Lich is through this mutagenic like bomb stuff, but it wasn't the actual Lich. His wish. And there's yeah. a, a multiple of monkey's paws from his wish, but that is the big one is that, Oh, you know, jokes on you. You kind of created the lich anyways in this reality. It hadn't existed mm-hmm. prior to, um, you doing what you just yeah, did, that, but that almost the farm world evilness is, it looks like, and it's, it, is changed a little bit in later episodes, but it looks like essentially the end of the world per se is caused and it is Finn is now the evil ice King per se in this weird alternate timeline, you know, yeah. the Lich doesn't exist, but he's the reason the bomb dropped. He's the reason that, um, everybody else that wasn't frozen in ice is going to be mutated, you know? Oh, totally. Well, man, it's just so crazy. I, I do want to give a shout out to Simon Petrikov, the hero of Earth for a thousand years. He gave his life. He stopped the bomb. And I totally saved the planet. Though, it is so funny to me that Marceline's just like, well, you know, like the crown kind of was mourning its its loss of its host. And so it decided to spawn magic that froze the Earth for 400 years, which... Is that worse than the bomb going off? I mean, you kind of just killed no, everybody. Everybody there, dies in that scenario. If we if we want to get into my last topic, well, you know what? We, I'm going to give us a break before we get into my topic because it kind of leads into that theory of what you're saying. Of like, right, well, is it really worse? Is it? What's the deal with this farm world of why it is the way it is? And I've got some theories behind that. All too, right. Well, so. I just want to say that is my tops. My tops is. Simon Petrikov, the Ice King, sacri- sacrificing himself for all of Earth. Like, uh, you know, that that's that's bomb, dude. That's awesome. Uh, that's bomb. And it's yeah, a shame it's that the bomb still goes bomb. off. <laughs> it's, li- it's literally bomb. <laughs> yeah, I just no, I just it's... think it's so funny that like the consequence is still that they have an ice age for four hundred years, which could not have been good for the humanity or for all of humanity. But no, no. He tried. Well, he and tried. that's again, that's kind of the explanation on why Farm World is somewhat shoved back into what seems like a surf dumb, like medieval style society rather than being like mm, yeah, skyscrapers. Because, yeah, like it was modern day or at least World War II level society. 
Yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. When Bomb well, came Finn's off totally, Finn's just like, no, dude, like magic's fake. He doesn't even believe it in this episode. He's just, what did he say? His dad believes that uh, prophets of old <laughs> used it for uh, cheap tricks or used che- cheap tricks to control people and get babes, like 10 like or 10 12 to, babes each. <laughs> like 10 to 12 babes each. <laughs> uh, I like the literalness there too. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go to our break, I feel like because it was such a short part of this episode, and it will be the the greater part of next episode, is I want to at least talk about Prismo, because Prismo is my lovely, and yeah. can guarantee you he will be next week. And, and I think it, he was just, last the last episode of season four too, wasn't he? Maybe so. It's it just because like <laughs> Prismo is prime time. Prismo's up there with like BMO for me, like on like yeah. top characters. He's in like in your top show. three cool guys, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude, you're like <laughs> in my top three cool guys. <laughs> but oh uh, man. Yeah. But tell yeah, me about I just, Prismo. Why do you like him so much? Well, I think just the fact that you can it's the same aspect that comes in with Cosmic Owl and Future. It's these cosmic beings like have such like a personable way about them. And I love that that Adventure Time just writes Prismo as like, he's not upset that he's like alone in his room or anything. He's not like bummed out. He's not bitter about it, but he's also not like godlike. He's just talking to people like normal people. Yeah, he's, he's like, kind of just you chilling. See that guy? He was just nasty. <laughs> <laughs> nasty jazz. He's just chilling, man. It's interesting. He grants the wish of the Lich and totally isn't phased. It, he doesn't care. It's it's totally that Tom Bombadil thing where it's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter to me. Like, there's going to be people living eventually anyways. I'm here in my time room just totally just hanging out. It, it doesn't affect me in any way. What what did, what did they say? Booko called it the quasi-corporeal quasi dwelling place, mm-hmm. uh, the time room, which is outside of, of time, which is, it's just, it's kind of wild, man. Yeah, as I, I, would try, I can't even remember my thoughts about quasi-corporeal, but I had some yeah, no thoughts worries. last time about it. But it's it that's kind of, it's so interesting that, like Prismo, with that kind of knowledge, you think you would either become hyper-nihilistic or just completely non-sympathetic, and that's not the way Prismo is. And I think I just like appreciate that in, in that yeah. realm, that he's this ultimate quasi-corporeal cosmic being, and he's just like, yeah, man, come hang out. Like, what do yeah. you want to do? And he's you know? voiced by Camille Nanjiani, which is great, mm. which I do appreciate that. My issue with Prismo in this episode is that he uses what probably is the worst logic. If you ever find yourself using this excuse, um, it's it's the worst logic to go down. It's basically Jake calls him out for saying, hey, that was our buddy Billy. Like, don't, you know, call him nasty jazz. And then Camille, or not Camille, Prismo says, oh, sorry about that. I got a bunch of nasty friends. My uncle was nasty. I'm basically honorary nasty. If you ever find yourself using that excuse, going down <laughs> that logic for something, you're probably in the wrong. You know, just, just be aware. You're probably in the wrong. So, so Prismo, I didn't appreciate that. Everything else that I see from Prismo in this episode, and especially the next episode, I really love. I really yes. enjoy his character. Yes, and it only I feel like it only gets better. Um the start of season 6, it's kind of reintroducing this and this this storyline specifically will come up again. Um in a time travel-esque way. So okay. just letting you know it's like 
and Prismo is like a, still like super chill, but like also a genius in the way of like constructing time bending plots. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I'm so. I'm a little scared about. I was reading through the wiki for the next episode and the way that they explain what happens at the end of the next episode. I'm a little timid or a little nervous about the way that Adventure Time is going to go about these potential two new realities or something that are formed because there is crossover with Farm World in the future. Mm -hmm. I, I personally, my personal house canon is I choose not to accept that. And I'm just like, no, there's one reality that doesn't make sense. And we can talk about it tomorrow because I, I have not studied up on it, but or not it, tomorrow it, when we it, next record. It's not necessarily that they're coexistent, but if there were to be an aspect of like time travel, then you have to also think it exists. Farm World exists at a specific point in time around when Finn made the wish and unmade the wish, kind of. Yeah, I don't so know. So that comes up again. It's interesting, and it, yeah, the explanation Trust on me, the I, wiki I, is all about like, oh well, when Jake was in there, they were both technically, you know. Anyways, doesn't matter. There's there's probably Stupid. not a way to do this some this way of doing it. I mean, same with Rick and Morty. There's not a way to do it where there's zero paradoxes. You're gonna have some paradoxes yeah. at some point in time, and I think well, you yeah. just have, again. I mean, I Rick love, and again, Morty's issue is that they have the many worlds theory, so they're like. Well, we have a central finite curve of, of known universes. They have to do that. Otherwise, you would have literally like yeah, every infinity, iteration yeah. of Rick and Morty that is just ever so slightly like one that likes blue and one that, that likes green, but otherwise they're the exact same being. Yeah. You know, well, and that's did you ever, the issue. Did you ever see um everything everywhere all at once? No, dude, I need to. It's still yeah, like it, Everything Everywhere list. All at Once does a really great job of explaining multi-world theory in a way that it makes sense that they can essentially tap into worlds that are close to their finite curve. So like their original reality, you can jump to things as if uh, a few things changed or if you, know, if you did this and not this, if you married your wife and, or didn't marry your wife. Okay. But if you jump further and further, you're more likely to break your mind. You're more likely to shatter your consciousness mm. if you go too far off and try to tap into a version of yourself that's too far off of your finite yeah. curve. Now, um, so it was a really ever, great way of explaining that. Have you ever watched Click? Yeah. Okay, it's cool. Let's go time. to a commercial. Let's let's go to a commercial. <laughs> we'll go to a commercial. We'll take a little break though. Is your universe in a state of cosmic flux? Have you accidentally torn a hole in the space-time continuum, leaving behind a trail of paradoxical pen pen pandemonium? Fear not, fellow adventurers, for the time-reversal, multiversal, megasonic cleanup crew is here to rescue your reality from the brink of cosmic catastrophe. Our crew of expert time-twisters and interdimensional janitors specialize in restoring order in your timelines that have gone topsy-turvy. Whether you've collided with your alternate self, unleashed a horde of unruly lumps, or created a splintered reality due to your inchiority and misadventures, we've got the skills and tools to set things right. Imagine a crew of skilled heroes, led by the time-traveling hero, Gerald the Cleaner, armed with quantum brooms, paradox-absorbing sponges, and reality-stabilizing vacuum cleaners. With a swish of a broom and a well-timed floop of a duster, our team will swoop in, reverse the ripples, tidy up alternate dimensions, and make your reality sparkly like the crystal dimension. And don't worry about any wibbly-wobbly, 
timey-wimey stuff, we've got it all under control. So if your realities become a bit globbed up, your parallel universe selves are throwing a multiversal shindig, or your cosmic mix-ups have created more messes than you can shake a snail at, trust the time-reversal multiversal megasonic cleanup crew to bring balance back to your world's quote-unquote S. Call 1-800-CLEAN-YO-SHIT-UP to schedule your cleanup across the time and space today. Welcome to Farm World, y'all. We're getting back into this here podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys. I hope you're doing well. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. I'm not Finn Martin's in Farm World. Bill Merton, dude. He's got a dog. He's got a literal dog in this episode. You know, normally they had that Jake the dog fella who's all talking and stretching and stuff like Luffy from One Piece. There you go. I did it. I said One Piece in this episode. Oh, it's still being referenced. No, no. This is a different character. This is... Russell from Farm World, but uh, <laughs> can't give it up. Um, no, man, this is this is so fun. I like it because it's a little bit of a reset without a full reset. Like we know we're not going to leave the land of Boo. That's not gone. This is just a, a momentary check out Farm World. Here we are. Let's explore what Earth would have been like without having the liches bom- or the bomb going off and, and creating the lich and whatnot which is a really unique and creative way to go about exploring a, a different reality entirely, which made me really excited to get into this episode and and notice you know, little differences in Finn. What would Finn have been like had the bomb not ever gone off and he would have had a normal upbringing with a normal-ish family I mean, and a normal dog? Yeah. And normal's a little loose, as well, obviously, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's some weird stuff going on. The Destiny Gang is bullying his father. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> that seems yeah. a little silly. Yeah, it's like I've I've read even some things about Farm World specifically in this like episode where it's a little like boring, and I think maybe it's supposed to be of like if the world's a lot less, like less magical of a place, it's Finn's a little less of a hero. He's a little I, I wouldn't call it like skittish per se because he still does go up to the castle to fight big d you know he's still like yeah he is still the hero finn which i think is a consistency but it does seem like a little bit of that uh you know i guess the childlike wonder and adventuring and heroicness is gone because he's just kind of a normal son of a farmer at the end of the day he does, and you know, Ali pointed this out to me. He is stealing a crown that is not rightfully his. Would he have done that in the normal reality? Would he have um, gone and taken the crown from somebody else? He is doing it to help his family. Well, really, more than anything, he's doing it selfishly because he doesn't want to get rid of Bartram, which is probably just part of living in this world where you're bartering and trading for things. Uh, I just thought that was really an interesting point. It's like, is this something Finn would do. Are all these actions that the farm world Finn is doing actual Finn decisions or is it because his upbringing has been totally upbringing has been totally changed that he's doing things unlike how Finn would normally do them? Yeah. It's it's weird, man. It's I don't know. I, I also just don't like farm world Finn that much either. So Okay. I don't well have... what do you have against Farm World Finn? Is it his I mean, nose? Is it his arm? I mean, yeah, the nose is a little bit. The, I think the arm is the best part, and I've got more to say about that <laughs> okay. coming soon. Yeah. It's just a little bit, I mean, kind of exactly what you said. It's the fact that we are, I don't like that he nicknamed his donkey Barbar. I, it just sounds childish. You don't? 
No, what? not at all. I like Bartram. Dude. I don't like the Barbar -bar aspect of it. I think Bartram. Um, I don't a great like name. the fact that he has like Jake, Bar -Bar. but he does not like. I feel like he doesn't like interact with Jake at all. So yeah. the, he Jake's there, but Jake's there's not. He is. He is. But you think that there would have been maybe like a boy and like they could have made it a little sweeter between him and the dog yeah. and then. I don't know. He just seems very, you, you kind of hit the hammer on the head. He seems very like one tracked mind and selfish a little bit. Yeah. He takes the crown for just himself. A touch. Um, he puts on the crown. He, I mean, he almost but he has just, good intentions. He's trying to help his family, right? He's trying to put on the crown in order to the, yeah, maybe if his, if magic happens real, to be real, help his family. There's a real world Finn aspect of like, even when Marceline, you know, comes out with the gun, She's yeah. like, you can't do this. You know, real world Finn probably would have been like, oh, I, I get that, you know, but I'm trying to save my family, but like, I get what you're doing. And he totally brushes that aside, totally brushes. Like, she's like, don't put the crown on. It's evil. He's like, yeah, but my family, and, and like, yeah, we would have all done that. I get that. Well, in the city but, of Thebes, does Finn steal right away? I'm pretty sure he doesn't steal right away, right? In the city of Thebes. No, he, remember he, tries to get into the tower that was yeah you could only enter if you haven't stolen right and he realized he can't he didn't he didn't even realize that he had stolen so he, he right. didn't he did he held off for the longest time so it seems and, like maybe he's quit to steal in this world because his morals are slightly different he's not yeah. deceived and i wonder if it's he's not perceived there, there by is everybody a, else around him as a hero and so maybe that has not led him down a hero's path mm -hmm. Instead, and, and he i is, think you I pretty did. much nailed it. There is a concept coming up in the show called the Catalyst Comet. And I still have the of the things in Adventure Time that I'm the least like well versed on is like how deep this all the theories of this go. But in this episode, when you actually see the world freeze over, you see a comet fly by. And then in this universe, the catalyst comet never hit the earth. So for my fans out there, in essence, Finn can be a hero, but he's not like Catalyst Comet level hero. And that's oh, kind of a big concept for the show. I I can probably say about that much without it being like a spoiler drop at all. Yeah. Okay. No, I like um, that. It makes me really curious about the the comet in the future. Yeah, it's it goes back to Shoko, the ghost from the creeps, and Oh whoa. Yeah, it, it gets really deep into it. So, and and that will play into like remember we had this conversation for this episode when we kind of get into some more like Catalyst Comet or Galorg stuff. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, dropping dropping bombs of like yeah, dude. craziness. <laughs> I was just trying to think of like what is your Catalyst Comet? I personally really like Haley's Comet. That's kind of probably <laughs> my Catalyst Comet if I had to think of one. Uh, my catalyst comment was probably, and the, the the catalyst comment is some something of like a essence of bringing change to the universe, bringing change to a world. So like, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. Spoiler <laughs> drop. The catalyst comment concept is like every thousand years, the catalyst comment hits the earth and brings oh. change, like change for the better or for the worse. Every thousand um, years. Well, every thousand years that there is a they. It is the catalyst of evolution, per se. So something happens with the comet in a way that 
is a changing factor for and it didn't hit and it didn't hit because of the lack of the lich in the world being frozen and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so interesting that's why i do think that this this version of finn is not the same like i don't know how to put it but the same like yeah heroic epic yeah. finn we just kind of get normal finn yeah totally man it is so interesting to me how i don't know about you but when Marceline, or when Finn steals the crown and Marceline's standing there next to the dead body of the Ice King and the Ice King starts yelling at her, I was like, man, he, the voice actor for Ice King is crushing it. I don't know why. It just felt like a really good performance yeah. of like, get the crown, Marceline. You know, like, yeah, it's just, I love that. I love that they did Tom Kenny with his Ice King voice, not with his Simon yes. Petrikov voice. So it's kind of no like doubt. he's gone... He's gone crazy even in his dead state because he's been wearing the crown yeah. on his dead body for thousands <laughs> of years. So he, he's still the same crazy. He's like, get the crown, Marceline. Yeah, Marceline's like, I know I'm not, you're not really talking to me. I know these voices are just in my head, but all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, dude, she's, but, she's his gunter in essence in yeah, this reality, you know. That's interesting. Well, it leads Finn in the town, right? He takes the crown and goes to the Triumph. Goes to Junktown, which is a... To Junktown. There's a possible callback to Fallout, like the video game, because there's like oh. a junk town, post-apocalyptic nuclear whatever in mm. Fallout called Junk Town. So I don't know if that was possibly a call out to that, but... Yeah. I don't know. Well, you got a character that is not my lovely in Junk Town, and in, instead is actually my most punchable character, mm -hmm. the freaking musician, dude. That musician, the like, how dare he? He wants to trade his hard-earned... 10,000 hour musical talent, you know, it's got no value here, dude. Your 10,000 hours don't have value in this town. I'm not, you can't come over to my house and play covers and then play originals. What <laughs> I are do you covers, doing? but I have a few originals, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hey, like I, I the musician. If I, I lived just thought in, it was funny. If I lived in, I, I wouldn't call him the most punchable because I think, you know, Big D might get most punchable, in my opinion. But, Probably so. I mean, if I was living in junk town, I'd probably be selling my musical services everywhere that I could <laughs> for anything. So I don't I blame him. That was so funny. The dude comes. It's like really. It just reminded me of RuneScape. Is that too nerdy for this podcast? I don't know. You've already mentioned RuneScape enough, so I think we've we're beyond that point. Okay. Well, it just reminded me of like going around being like someone trying to scam you, or you being like. Hey, I'm selling this armor. Back in the day, there wasn't a grand exchange. So you had to just straight up be like selling a dragon plate body, seeing if people would, or I guess it wasn't mm -hmm. chain body, anyways. For the RuneScape fans, there wasn't a dragon plate body back in the day. There was a chain body. But, anyways, and then you just had to happen, someone had to happen to be there that wanted that thing and would buy it from you. And a lot of times people would just be like, yeah, I'll buy it. Here's 5K. And you're like, dude, this is worth like five mil or something. And yeah. it kind of reminded me of that. The musician's just like, man, a crown would be nice. I can play some music for you. <laughs> I can play some music. It's the only thing I got. <laughs> he's hustling. He's, he's out there hustling, He's hustling. Man. And I love musicians. You know, my whole job is working in the music industry. So, yeah, you, you, you're in the I music industry and in the, in the side of the music industry to get people paid, too. Dog, so. we're all punchable. Everyone who loves music is punchable, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm going to put that as the, the lesson. Uh, for that's, my that's lesson, lesson this week is everybody <laughs> who loves music is punchable. We're all punch. We're all like, yeah, we're all way too conceited and way too like. My taste of music is the right taste of music. 
Uh, well, I try a, not to be that way. My that's I another try to conversation. <laughs> it is another conversation. Entirely. Um, but yeah, we also I, I I loved this episode just in general, man, because I feel like the callbacks were very nuanced. Um, because there were several of them that may have kind of slipped even the normal viewers, like even longtime viewers, like view of this episode. One of them that I read about, and I've seen this episode a hundred times, is that the fact that when Simon Petrikov has got the bomb frozen above him, that you kind of see it's like a subway type thing, which is really cool because in Mortal Folly and Mortal Recoil, they go down into the subways, which is where the Lich's well of power is, which is where the yes. bomb is you know, ground yeah. zero. So this is like almost to a T where that same ground zero would have been. There was the call out to that subway scene, which That's I think was cool. really cool. Um, another call out is obviously Choose Bruce. We get Choose Bruce in this episode. Yeah. So um, the Big D's Choose mansion Bruce on the hill. Great. Okay, Choose Bruce about is the great. Oh, Big Mansion. It's, it looks very similar, feels very similar to the mansion in The Creeps. Oh, that, interesting. Um, which I think, and then even the most obvious one is that the the farm that um, Finn's farm Finn, his family's living in, is the barn that Lady Radicorn lives in. No, really? Yeah, it's like it's like the exact same one. And they do oh, that on purpose. Oh, that's cool. I did not know um, that. So there's lots of this call out to, yes, the Lich doesn't exist, but all these places, all these people, all these like sentient beings are yeah. still there. There's still like a thread. There's still some sort of a thing that causes these places to still exist. Like mm -hmm. some of the butterfly effects from the past are still there. Some things, despite the Lich not existing, still affect how the Earth ended up, which yeah. is really and, cool. And it got me going, you know, just looking at the callbacks to this one alone, this whole episode, more than the next one, and I think what why this episode is a standalone decent episode. I don't know if it'll be my favorite of the season at all, but why it's a good standalone episode as part two of three of a series is that the theme of this one, I think, is very much about like fate and the inevitable and how those two kind of intertwine. Because you have the existence of Choose Bruce. You have um, yeah. Finn the having inevitable. a... The farm, the mansion. The, the big, yeah, the mansion, the farm. Um, Finn wishes away the Kind of the not the only evil, but like the ultimate evil in his universe. And like you still have the Destiny gang like burning shit up yeah. that like you can't escape, you know, chaos at the end of the day. Um, that Finn's arm is, and I think that's the thread through the entire show is no matter what Finn's universe you see, and you see multiple Finns in multiple universes that he will lose his arm. I'm just spoiling that. You probably yeah, already know. know that already. Um, but that even in this lichless universe, he has a robotic arm. And so they're, I think they're really getting into this episode. Hey, kind of the way that your universe plays out, there's a matter of fate about it. That mm. Choose Bruce is still wheeling and dealing goods at the market, no matter what yeah, universe it, he's in. Choose know? Bruce is still going to, he's going to give you that. It's dangerous to go alone, take there or take this moment, which yeah. I love that. Of course, yeah. here's a sword. You got it, dude. Um, you know, I, I needed something like that. And and that's a really good point. It's so fascinating, the things that are similar. And I know they do them 
because it'll be more enjoyable for us to watch if we're like, oh my gosh, Juice Bruce and and whatnot. Yeah. But it is really fascinating how that parallels with the concept of, of what you're saying. And, and Finn is still the hero. It still comes down to Finn at the end of the day. Finn still has to be the person to save this world or, you know, or ruin it almost for yeah, really what's that, happening. And I guess if we're talking about next episode, Jake is the savior in a, a yeah. funny plot twist of a way. But but Finn is the one who has to do something. He has to be the hero for his family or try to be. Yeah. And, and, it's, and that's just how it is in other reality. Yeah, like his fate is to be a hero no matter what. And then another great even like just obviousness that leads to this is that Jake is his dog in this episode. Yeah. In their real world, Finn got dropped off in the woods and Jake's parents picked him up, picked him up. And he was raised by Jake's parents. So yeah. like why would Jake be his dog in this universe? It's kind of like that universal fate. Like they were bound to be together by fate yeah. no matter what, you know. Yeah, and this and universe, even in a universe this, that didn't exist. Yeah. In this reality, Jake is his dog, dude. No, is that why uh, that might have been super lame? Anyways, no, but it's it's. I just think <laughs> there's on. like the cool aspects that like, despite the lich not existing, Simon's storyline with Marceline's the same. Finn's still the hero. He still has Jake as his like loyal sidekick. He still has a metal arm, and then that at the end of the day, like the bomb still drops. It's not yeah doesn't create necessarily the lich per se because the lich doesn't quote unquote exist. But it's kind of like impending that no matter like what your wish is, that like the universe is what's in control. Kind yeah, of. you're never and fully in control. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of the terrifying, but kind of the you can take it as like the terrifying mentality, or you can take it as the like I'm just going with the flow of the universe kind of vibe. Yeah, but it is know. such a great ending. Finn putting on the crown and kind of yelling, and I think you get to see his eyes change to blue. Maybe yeah. right at the end there. And it's it's just a, a really fantastic way to wrap up this and, and kind of tease you for what's to come the next week. Yeah, I'm su- assuming people had to wait a whole week before the next episode came out, unless they released it like a three-episode th- block or a two-episode block. We ended season four, and I think people had to wait. They released season five, I think, three weeks after season four ended. So... They did. I think they've released this one as a block between okay. Finn the Human and Jake the Dog. It was that a two episode block. Cool. Well, Finn, he really ends the episode like giving in to what Marceline was saying the whole time and saying like I have no choice but to believe in magic and and but to believe that this crown does have ice powers mm-hmm. for some reason and can actually save me. And that's that's just so fascinating that like despite living a life entirely away from magic and not seeing anything magical ever happen, he is given a situation where he's he has no other choice but to do something that he should have no reason for believing. Yeah. And it kind of, I mean, sort of saves, doesn't save the day in the end because of it. It, it, it does and doesn't because, yeah, yeah, you get to the, the, you do get to the point where he froze himself and Barbar and he froze his family and he froze and none of them are affected by the bomb because they were frozen. So he did in theory save his family, right? But Ned, I'm I'm beefing with you, bud. I just want to be- let you know that. Me. 
well, Barbar is my lovely, and you're you're over here hating on Barbar for some reason. <laughs> is it just because Barbar was like tucked into the little bed at the beginning? <laughs> it was because that cute. One, that was one of my like <laughs> redeeming moments of. <laughs> Yeah, he's just part of the family, and I I think the moment where he climbs the tree, and and Finn's just like Barbar, what are you doing up in that tree? That moment <laughs> is what got it for me. It's so funny that Jake in the next episode mistakes Barbar for himself, and it's just like calls himself ugly. But I don't think Bartram <laughs> is ugly. I think Bartram is part of the family. I love Bartram. I'm so glad Finn didn't sell Bartram or, or pawn him off. And, you know, Bartram is going to live the rest of his life with Finn's family without in a, Finn. And in a, in a chaotic world. wasteland of yeah. probably ice and snow. So, Which is, is kind of new, a shame. Is he, new, is he the new Gunter? Is Jake the new Gunter? If Finn does know. remain the Ice King or forever? Or Jake is the new Gunter for sure. Okay. He would have to be. but yep. Because Bartram's yeah. gone. Bartram's headed out, you know, we see in the next episode with Finn's family. But uh, I did want to say we had... A special segment, Ned. We haven't gone to this segment in a long, long time. And I think we have time in this episode to do it this episode. Oh, we do. So I got talking to Allie, and I noticed, you know, the Destiny Gang's a unique gang, right? They're 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 looking all sorts of ways. They're kind of punk, kind of kind of jerky. And I was just like, Allie, like, are they style icons? Do they work? Does that work what they're doing? <laughs> And so we got a DJ Alley Cat's fashion corner this episode. It's been a okay. while since we've done one of Has those. Been maybe a while for that one. Maybe sixty episodes. <laughs> uh, and that's what's great about all my segments is you just never know. They they could come around at any moment. Surprise segment <laughs> with DJ so, Rusty. The question is: Are the D game style icons? You know, Big D's got this mullet. He's got these crazy. Very pointy. Everything about them is very angular, but he's got mm-hmm. these very pointy kind of 80s sunglasses. So they're they're like 80s punk is the style that Ali was talking about, where it's the deconstruction of fashion. They're kind of using fashion in a way that is is broken down and rough looking and, and whatnot. And obviously, you know, we know what punk is, but it's altered garments worn incorrectly uh, with a confrontational attitude, which is just, that's just the D gang. The D... D-Gang's got to do what the D-Gang, D-Gang has to do, you know? Um, I mean, crown choice is a great example of that. That's not how you wear a crown, but that's how the D-Gang wears a crown. Or really, that's how Bid D wears a crown. And so, in Ali's eyes, I was like, well, are they style icons? No, they're not style icons, unfortunately. For some people, maybe. For her, not at all. She's not punk. I think we all know this. Uh, mm, we but, know this. Yeah, but... They are doing punk right in a fashion sense, um, but not necessarily their personalities in Allie's opinion. So I thought that was very, very fascinating. It's been a while since we've done an Alley Cat's Fashion Corner. Alley Cat's uh, yeah. Fashion Corner. Alley Cat's Fashion Corner. Anyways. No, I, um, I think it's I think it's a good thing to point out that um, yeah. <laughs> I read, you know, beyond just them being called the Destiny Gang, that they were called that because if you ran across them or if they ran across you, they could mess you up and determine your destiny. So your destiny by running across them was that they would decide your destiny. I was like, that's that's kind of, that's kind of badass, but also very culty in a way with the way that his, his, uh, followers kind of follow him. Yeah. And they were chanting destiny, 
destiny while they burned down Finn's house, right? Like that's kind yeah, of creepy. For, for no reason except for the fact that they like they were like the Joker style anarchists of yeah. this universe of like we just want to watch the world burn. We have no nothing to gain from this besides the fact that we like the power to control the narrative of what will happen next. And that's yeah, I it. mean, I don't know no if it's like Deadpool. Game. I don't know if it's like Deadpool, but Big D definitely beats Finn to the house, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. And he no, calls and himself out end, on the plot hole. And he's, he's like, like, how did I even get here? <laughs> he's like, I get it. This makes no sense, but I'm here right now and I beat you. I said, it's, yeah, it's I've, I good. had, a, I had, I mean, my tops of the episode was Prismo's nasty jazz. Okay. Um, but that was that was definitely a uh, secondary tops was <laughs> when he's like, "Hey, bro, how did I even get here?" <laughs> uh, it's good, man. Well, what, what's your lesson from this episode? I know you learned something earlier in this episode, but yeah, my first lesson, every, lesson, yeah, everyone who loves music is punchable. Is what I learned okay. just sitting with you here today. You heard it first. Um, my other lessons: crown shorts are lame. In my opinion, that's my lesson. Mm, okay. Um, for some reason, having a pointy nose makes you creepier. Yeah. And I, I agree. Not really. And also, I would say the mon- kind of monkey paw lesson. Every every wish yeah. can have its downside, even if it's made with good intentions. Mm-hmm. Well, um, here's what I'll say, Ned. I mean, Sid, I think, is the bully from the show Doug, has a very, very pointy green no, nose. It, Oh, his name's Roger. Roger? Is it not Sid? Sid, Sid the bully from Toy Story. Uh, well, oh, you're right. Does Sid from Toy Story have a pointed nose? Um, that's that's what we need to know. No, he has a round it's nose. Not pointy. He's, a very, yeah. he's got a massive Jimmy Neutron esque forehead, though. Yeah, he definitely never has noticed that. the white supremacist look about him. Oh, which yeah. kind of makes him look evil anyway. Yeah, he he Sid definitely looks evil. Are you sure his name is Roger? I I would bet my life on it right now. Man, I'm looking it up. The green guy with the orange hair and the leather jacket from Doug? Roger M. Klotz. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Bro, I watched a lot of Doug growing up. Doug is so good. Sometimes I I just get that theme song in my head just randomly. Yeah, oh, talk about so talk about bangers from like old TV shows, <laughs> like the Doug theme song. Man, that was a yeah, totally. banger. Um, my lesson, Ned, is to stay away from Bid D. Mm, He's got it, lesson. man. The Bid D. You gotta if you if you ever hear Bid D coming, get out of there. Ever see Bid D? Just get out of there. I like that lesson. That's the only lesson. That's my only lesson. Yeah, only lesson. <laughs> no worries, man. No worries. <laughs> but all around, man, this is a a. I think a great way to start off season five. Same same with kind of how we started off season four. It's not the best episode. It's not gonna be you're not gonna be like it's a good continuation. I'm very glad we have That's a part a three coming up. Yeah, um I like it. And the way that this series is wrapped up with this three parter is I think again, one of the best three. If you wanted to start Adventure Time, you start on the last episode of season four. And you can pretty much go forward. You lose a lot of context, but things like it, it feels a lot more on pace after this series goes. Okay. You know what I mean? Cool. And I, I mean, I am very excited. Season four definitely got me really pumped about Adventure Time, and I I imagine it's just going to keep going from there. So yeah, we get we get one more episode, rolling. and then we get some Grables 
and it's a better Grable yeah. than last time. And then we just kind of keep rolling, which is good. Yeah. That uh, I just again, want to know that, what the lesson is. What I mean, last time it was the senses or what the common theme is <laughs> yeah, with this, the Grable. This one, this one will frustrate you even more. Then the okay. last one. <laughs> yeah. The other um, one was stretching, dog. It, it, it was, was way No, this out one there. is a stretch and they literally call out like, oh, you think it was this lesson? Because that's the obvious one. And he's like, no, it's this lesson. Like, <laughs> that's great. Oh, it, like, it drives you crazy on purpose. But that's we'll great. talk about that in two weeks. I want to know yeah. your recommendation for kicking my, the season. Oh, dude, my wreck. All right. Well, we were out hanging out with some friends the other night and we went and saw Barbie. Mm. And oh, that, I, <laughs> this works so well with my recommendation. Yeah. Oh, no. My it's recommendation yours, is Oppenheimer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Are we basic? Well, I haven't seen that one yet. I really want to see that movie, but I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, I want to know your thoughts on Barbie and why it's your wreck. Have you seen Barbie? I have not yet. So that's all oh. my like. That's all my list coming up soon. Dude, Barbie's if just I, fun. It, just fun. I, ju- I just enjoyed it. It's just a. It's a good adventure. You know. I think people are so caught up in trying to be controversial with whatever they're saying, whether they're criticizing or they're pro Barbie, and they're. It's all about. Oh, it, just, it got politicized. And I heard it got female. politicized immediately. Yeah, but that just, I mean, one, I think a lot of these people are missing the actual lesson. If you watch Barbie, there's a deeper meaning where it's like, hey, we all struggle. Like, there's struggles on both sides. And like, Ken didn't have it great, like, really best when he thought he did. And Barbie didn't have it really best when she thought she did. And then they both kind of choose a struggle in the end. And there's a lot going on other than just like, uh, you know, whatever the the stupid yeah. arguments that people want to just go viral for on YouTube for. But what I would say is, Barbie is super fun. If you go in with just an open mind and you're just like, I'm just going to have a good time and really enjoy what's going on in this movie, you're going to really enjoy it. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling, I I never thought. I mean, I've never seen a Ryan Gosling movie. Maybe I don't know. What you never seen Once Upon a Time know. or not Once Upon a Time? Um, La La Land. No. No, never have. Oh, one. go! I mean, if you love music, dude, you yeah. you need to go watch La La Land, and and Ryan right. Gosling kills it in that role with it without being like Notebook level douchebag okay. Ryan Gosling. Well, dude, he and I haven't haven't seen the Notebook, but I gotta say, he really really crushes it. And Bar- I did not expect to absolutely love Ken, and he is so dang good in this movie. I mean, Margot or Margaret, Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie is incredible too, right? She does a really good job. She she looks like Barbie. She's Barbie, which is mm-hmm. great. But I didn't, I just didn't expect Ken to be such a winner, and he is such a winner. And there's a song at the end of the movie, um, I think it's called I, "I'm Just Ken," and it's it's great. And I know this is old news. We're over Barbie at this point when this podcast comes out, but yeah, yeah, it's but, it's going to be well released. But well, I, I really I, enjoyed it. It's yeah, the so same. Oppenheimer is yours. Same coin, different side of that is that Oppenheimer is not a fun movie at all, but it is super long. It's filled with dialogue, but like, oh my gosh, did was it filmed great? Yes, that's what everybody's talking about. I I left going kind of like understanding our world, the way it is with with war and conflict, and the fact that this is the series of events that like literally created the world that we live in today. It is an incredibly, I, I mean, of, wow. of course it's probably dramatized. Of course, I'm, it's probably not 100% factually accurate, but just understanding the amount of complexity that it took for, again, like quantum quantum theory to come to America, 
um, in that like Oppenheimer was one of the ones that brought quantum theory from the UK to be like studied and put into university at in, in the US. And then like essentially being tasked with like, can we do this? Is this a possibility to create a weapon based on these quantum theories that you've created? They set out to do it and kind of the intention of it was to like, yeah, if we prove that humanity can blow the world to smithereens, then there won't be war anymore because people will be like, no, we can't do war. Like, we'll blow ourselves up. So like, why do war anymore? And like Oppenheimer's kind of goal with creating the first like test bomb to show that it could be done. Um, and, and then obviously in theory, like they, they dropped them on in Japan and he's very, yeah, that happens. And he's like, Oh shit. Like this super distraught. I'm sure. Yeah. He was distraught about it. And then the fact that as soon as they did that, the government comes back and he's like, they're like, okay, can we make bigger bombs? And he's like, what the fuck? Like, we were yeah. supposed to do this so we never had to do this again. Be done, yeah. And that's kind of the way the, you know, spoilers, but the way that movie ends is like, he's just very- Well, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't I mean, want to yeah. know. No, trust I'm me, sure that won't spoil it. I'm sure he just feels it. like death, right? I'm sure he just yeah. feels like I Well, and, and he got super famous off of it, and then he turns around and he starts like litigating against any countries holding nuclear weapons. He's just yeah. like, fuck that. Like, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, he so turns into the dude from Jurassic Park who's just like- you were so yeah, concerned like we, with whether you could do something. You didn't stop to think if you should, if you should do it. Yeah, it's it's exactly it is for sure. Probably what like was some of the inspiration behind Jurassic Park is it's like um, the could versus should mentality. So that's as yeah, much as I I'll hear, rant about that without doing a whole separate podcast. But well, I hear it was, in um, that movie in Oppenheimer the the lich comes out at the end of that. Bomb yeah, dropped, the, right? the bomb comes out and then there's a, a green glowing yeah, lich yeah. that just kind of fades into hey, the, the New we Mexico We weren't in desert. Japan. I don't know. No, that <laughs> didn't happen. That's not real. That didn't happen. It's not real. Um, well, but, y'all, thank y'all what a, so much. What a, great, what a great start to season five. Yeah, I, I'm really excited, man. Season five, I know we got, it looks like there's 10 seasons of the show and then we got some other things going on. I mean, what is it? The mini series and then there's a series coming up that we might have to talk about on the podcast yeah when it's we coming got out we've fiona got and cake yeah we've got fiona and cake we've got at any point in time if we need to pause and do distant lands i think we'll get far enough along in the show probably after season five or in season six where if we did want to stop and do distant yeah. lands we could do it and it wouldn't I think if it like, makes sense in the timeline we should it just yeah. once it makes sense timeline where i'm not gonna have anything big spoiled i think that could be a, a good way to break up a season yeah I, I would say only bad thing is that like adventure time has a probably one of the best like end of like real series episodes i've ever seen um but then distant lands gives you the kind of what you wanted out of the finale so maybe it kind of gives shouldn't. you a second it gives you a second finale kind of yeah maybe we shouldn't um then. so yeah that's why i was like mm, maybe maybe not but we will i think stop when it comes out and maybe spurt it into season five when then yeah. uh, fiona and cake starts to come out we'll have to kind of maybe pause and do i think so fiona and cake as it's coming out real time for sure yeah i think that's i mean it would be dumb not to but you know what you can be really excited about, listeners, travelers, is that there's going to be an opportunity coming up here pretty soon. We don't have a date for it yet, but 
as you know, we're going to do a Patreon. There's going to be a second podcast that you will be able to listen to on the Patreon. That's going to be NEA and Beyond, which will be us talking about probably Adventure Time, even more different. You know, we'll probably go back to season one. I was just thinking, man, we could go back and watch the first episode from season one and bring, I could bring a whole new perspective to it, which could be fun. But we're going to talk about other things other than just Adventure Time, other shows that we love. And and it'll be a little bit more freeform, I imagine, than this yes. podcast is. Well, I think it's going to have to include segments, many episodes called Shoot the Shit, which is pretty much what me and Russell talk about for the yeah. first 10, 15 minutes before we even start our podcast, which is catching up and yeah, real which life may stuff be in- the true NEA and beyond in a way, even <laughs> though... You know, those yeah. episodes may not be called that. But regardless, if you join the Patreon, which we'll have soon, you'll be able to get that. We'll do like monthly newsletters. And hopefully, I'm going to try and set it up. We need to talk about this, Ned. But if th- there's a way we can do stickers for people that subscribe um, that cool. are of the new NEA and Beyond logo that Ali designed, which is totally freaking awesome for those podcast episodes. And, and we'll talk I about mean, we- that. We can get with some deep cut merch and have little buttons that say like, I'm this week's lovely, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it, but we'll figure it out and we'll give you all a launch date once we have that. And so, yeah, just get excited for that. We got a lot of fun stuff going on with the Adventure Time world and then also with the podcast. So uh, if you need something in the meantime, you can check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Podcast, TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast. Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. Email us your thoughts, your opinions. It's season five, y'all. Get on the Traveler's Log at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. And yeah, we got YouTube and stuff. We haven't put anything out on it in a while other than the episodes. If you'd rather listen on YouTube, you can. Um, But anyways, thank you so much, everybody. Uh, I've been Russell. One of your co-hosts, and um, yeah, I don't know. How do I end, how do I end these episodes? It's been so long since season four. Uh, it's been so long since season four. I've got a different ending for you. Oh, I don't like this ending. Don't do this. Every send, episode send from no, here on out. No, we're gonna lose all the listeners. Party forever. Oh no, you guys.